0: Turn now to Mark chapter 4. And we've been going through Mark as a church and just looking at the Lord Jesus Christ and his life and teachings. And we're going to be there in verse 21. Mark chapter 4, verse 21, all the way down there to verse 25. Mark chapter 4, verse 21 to verse 25. I'll begin reading from verse 21 now. This is Jesus speaking. And he said to them, "As a lamp. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. There's a little passage we're looking at this morning. It's a very interesting one because it's not only alone to the gospel of Mark. We see this also, these sayings and other gospel accounts like in Matthew and Luke. And what's really interesting, especially as we look at that first part of this passage, verse 21 and verse 22, is that the Lord Jesus uses it in Matthew chapter 5 And they're very clearly referring to his disciples, shining as lights in this world, being examples and bringing people's attention to God by their changed lives. But actually here, if we look at the context closely, he's not actually referring to the disciples themselves. He uses the same illustration, the same principle, but he's highlighting something different. He's applying it differently. That gives us a lot of insight into how the Lord, Yeah, he uses all of these commonplace illustrations, but he fits each teaching to the appropriate context. And right here in Mark, as we look closely, what happened just before verse 21, the Lord has been talking about this, this story, this parable, this illustration of the sower and the seeds, talking about different responses to his word. Very clearly, the idea there that you need to be careful. Well, how have you responded to his word? What kind of soil are you in response to the seed of God's word? And now we come and read him talking about lamps and not putting them under baskets or tables. Well, what's he talking about? Well, I think very clearly here, especially as you couple with verse 23 later on, immediately he talks about, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. I believe very clearly in this context, he's saying that this idea of a lamp or light under a table is not here referring to the disciples of the Lord Jesus, but here referring to his own words and his own message. He's talking about how his message, the gospel, the good news of God, the word of God is like a light. And he's here telling us what is the purpose of the word, what? Why did God give to us all of these revelations? Why did He speak to mankind by prophets and by His Son and by the apostles? Really, we're answering this question that's so relevant today What's the point of the Bible? Well, what's the purpose of this? Is it merely, as many people say? I mean, you ask people around, people will give you an answer. Oh, it's a very interesting piece of history, fantastically interesting, or oh, it's a very, very mystical religious textbook. It's a very interesting thing to refer to as a moral guideline for your life. This is a really important question we're asking. What what is the purpose of this book? What is the purpose of God giving his word to mankind? What does Jesus himself talk about his own words when he's teaching the crowds? That's really what we're answering here in this passage. And then of course, the second point that we're gonna consider this morning is, now this is what Jesus says is the purpose of his word. Then the question for you to consider is, How have you responded to his word? Have you accepted it in the way it should be received? Or have you brushed it off in a different way? Those are the two simple points we want to look at this morning. So we see there that first point. What is the purpose? What's the reason why God spoke? What is the reason why God reveals himself? And primarily as we read in the first verses of of, of Hebrews chapter 1, why did God send his son as the final kind of a ultimate revelation of himself that Jesus can say to his disciples, whoever has seen me has seen the father. Well, why did God do all of this? And I love the illustration. It's so simple. You can talk to a two-year-old, three-year-old and they'll understand you. Think about these lights that we have. Why do you turn on lights? Because it's dark and we want to see at nighttime. Oh yeah. If you had a, if you had a light, would you try and hide it under a basket? Would you try and put it under the table so that it doesn't reach anything? You can't see anything? It doesn't make much sense, is it? It's it's so clear. When you have light, the purpose of the light is to shine and take away the darkness so you can see properly. Right? Nobody has a light that says, now with this light, I can see myself and see my surroundings and know where I am. And they hide it and stuff it under a basket or they hide it under a table. All of that is so nonsensical. All of that is so, it doesn't make any sense. That's not the purpose of a light. The purpose of a lamp is to give light. That tells us very clearly, what is the purpose of God speaking? It is to give light into this world of darkness. We know now, as you look around our world, there is much darkness. In every moral and spiritual sense. Even physically too, there's all kinds of sufferings that are plaguing our world. And the Bible says all of that came upon us because of our own sins against God. We turned away from the source of life, the fountainhead of life. How can you expect to have life without coming to the source of life? And so if our world is in darkness, we need light to illuminate us, to give us life, to give us hope. Where are we to look for all of that? Well, the Bible is very clear, first and foremost, where do you not look? You don't look in darkness for light. This place now is pitch black. You don't dive in there thinking there's got to be light in here somewhere. Why? Well, if there was, you would see it straight away. If it's dark and completely dark, there's no light inside. And the Bible is so clear to us on this. We need to hear this carefully. Light, this spiritual and moral light that gives us life is not to be found within mankind. It's not to be found within you. It's not to be found within you changing yourself or refurbishing your moral activities, becoming a better person. It's not to be found there, not with God. You cannot come back to know God by something within yourself. Otherwise, God would not need to speak and take action on his part. He would merely sit aside and wait for you to do something. But that's not what the Bible tells us. That's not what Christmas is all about. What do we read the Bible tell us about? The people who dwelt in darkness, a great light has dawned upon them. Just like the sun rises up without you waking up before it to make sure you turn the switch on. The sun doesn't depend on you. You can sleep in. And many of us enjoy that activity on a Saturday. Hopefully not on a weekday. You can sleep in and the sun will still come up because the sun is not dependent upon you. But you and I should all know we are totally dependent on the sun. We need the sun to come up in order to have Grass and plants and oxygen, the fruit, all of this stuff. We need life from the sun. But the sun, it dawns on you, not the other way around. And the scriptures tell us we need God to give to us the light of his word. His word reveals who God is and reveals what God is doing to bring us back to him, to give to us life. That's why in John chapter 1, the gospel of John, it refers to Jesus as the light that gives life to all men. Because without God taking the step, taking the initiative, acting to dawn the light of life, we still remain in darkness. And Jesus says, he's really approximating that idea of light with his teaching, with his word. The words that he came to say is that light that God is dawning upon mankind. Through God's word, we can come to know him. If we Hear his word and understand it and believe it and live according to it. It's through his speaking that we come to know him. That's such a simple idea. Don't don't get tripped on with making it think it's so mystical. How do you get to know somebody? Let them speak for themselves. You know, you meet a new person. Don't guess their name. It's going to offend them. Don't guess what they like. Just let them speak for themselves. And the Bible says so clearly, if life is where God is, the source of all life, how are we to know him? You can't reach up to him on your own. You're in darkness. Let him speak for himself. Let him dawn his light upon you. And Jesus says, his words, his teachings, his life is that light. Really, he's saying, I am the light of the world. Well, that's exactly what he says in the gospel of John. He is the light. And the purpose of the light is not to be hidden or stuffed under, but to be brought out, to be as public as possible, to illuminate as far as possible. Because without that light, we are lost in darkness. So really, what am I saying from this passage? I think Jesus is saying that if you do not have his word in your life and you do not you know, receive his word and accept it, you are still living in darkness. You have not yet come to know God. Now, that's a really important point for us to hear clearly. Because if you misunderstand the purpose of the Bible, let's say, for example, you believe falsely that the Bible is all about helping you be a better version of yourself, helping you be a better person. Just change some of your bad habits and put on some good ones, relatively speaking. And then you can be satisfied all is well with you and God. You see, if you think that way, you're actually not consistent with what Jesus himself is teaching, right? It's not all about finding light within yourself. It's about the light that God has dawned upon you. And that Jesus refers to his word, his teaching, him coming onto this earth to tell us who God is. Our part then is to listen carefully, isn't it? But that's the purpose of the word. And right on that point, I want to make this application that needs to be so clearly heard for us all. Because we live in in the 21st century, don't we? We live in New Zealand. And I want to tell you something very clearly. In New Zealand right now, the light of God's word is something that people try to stuff under a basket as as much as they can. It is a light that people do not want to have in their lives. And you might be confused thinking, if this is so wonderful, why is it that people do not want to come to the light? Well, you'll be forgiven for thinking that because All of us who have tasted of the goodness of God, we do want other people to know because we've experienced how wonderful it is to come to know God. But John chapter three tells us something with the same illustration of light and darkness. It tells us this in verse 20. The light has come, but the people hate the light because they love the darkness and they do not come to the light so that they do not get exposed for loving the darkness and for living in darkness. That's the reason given for why our surroundings or our, our culture, maybe even you yourself, when you, if you're being honest, sometimes you want to stuff the light down. You want to get away from it because in the end, in your heart, spiritually speaking, you love the darkness. People in our country love living a life without God. They decide for themselves what they want to do. They act as God of their own lives at least. They act as if this world and this life was all for them. There's nothing more selfish than that. And yet, if you look at all the advertising, that's exactly how things sell. Have it your way. It's all about you. You deserve this. All of it building up this false sense, this false view that somehow all of life is about you. You're the center of the universe. And yet, you can see how that's so, so completely opposite to the message of the Bible. You will not find light within yourself. So why would you focus on yourself as the first primary importance? Light and happiness and joy, all of these wonderful things, only come from God himself. So why would you not put him first? Because people love themselves. They love their pride. They love their darkness. They love the deeds they get to do away from a God who holds them to account. They, they hate the idea of coming to the light and now being exposed for being so dirty so morally corrupt and wicked, so spiritually selfish, proud, detestable in every way. People hate coming to the light because then they get exposed. There's nothing you can hide before God. So I'll just get rid of the light, stuff it under a table, get away as far from it as possible. Now, what's really interesting, I love this little detail here. Jesus doesn't say, does a lamp get brought out and if people don't want it, they they put it out? He says, they put it under a basket. You can imagine with a woven basket, some light's going to seep through. What I love about that is that it tells us, even though people might hate it and reject it and try to get away from it, suppress it in their unrighteousness, Romans 1. God's light still shines. For a time, it might be diminished, but it still shines. But what I want to say for every one of us here, especially for us in church, we need to understand that God's word, it's meant to be lifted up publicly. Now, the way you do that is very important. Don't don't, don't we dare go out there self-righteously. We have no right to do that. But see, God's word is, it's a light that's meant to shine and to show people life and hope. Well, what good is it if we who know the light for ourselves hide it under a bushel, hide it under a basket, hide it under a table? That's not how we are to live. In fact, if we have compassion for our fellow neighbors and our friends and family, we want them to come to know the light because Without Christ, they are lost in darkness. How can you live a life without holding up Christ's word as much as you can, as high as you can, as publicly as you can, humbly, yes, wisely, but doing so nonetheless? Really what I want to tell you clearly is don't, don't buy this terrible lie from our society now. They say, if you're a Christian, that's fine. Just keep your faith to yourself. Just don't let it come into our conversation. You know, I don't mind if you believe in those things. Just keep it to your own living room and don't let it affect how you work. Really what they're saying to you is, I want you to be a hypocrite. I want you to claim to believe this as the most important thing in your life. And I want you to not live like it. Thank you very much. But we need to hear from God's word. The very reason why God gave his word is so that people might have the light and come to him and have life. And therefore our Our job there, if we have this lamp burning as much as we can, even though we know we're so weak and feeble, just lift it up as much as we can and and let God's light do the work. He will draw people to himself. But we must not believe this deceit that you can somehow be consistent with your profession of Christ as your Lord and yet hide his word under a basket, under a table. Is that you this morning? I want to give you that encouraging word. It's okay. Come to God now and ask for his grace. Come now and realize this is what he's telling you. There's no need to live away from the light. If you realize you're not living correctly, the very fact of the good news tells you to draw near to him and to ask him for mercy and grace and to call on him for help to do, to do more consistently with his will the next day. But we do need to recognize that is the purpose of God's word. So we as a church, we love to say when we gather on Sunday, we're not gathering together just as a social club. We're not gathering together because we love church and we love our brand and tradition of church. We're gathered together under Christ and under His word, which means His word is above us. We're lifting it up because we want people to come hear Him, not to come hear us. That's what we're gathered around. Now, that's that first point that we see so clearly. Just remember that simple illustration. When you have a lamp at home, you would never put it under a table. That is how God wants us to think about his word. It is that lighthouse in the dark of the sea that draws those, you know, those boats that are traveling by safe into the harbor rather than dashing themselves onto the rock. Are you convinced that God's word is that light that alone can guide people to him? No amount of supposed light within human beings can do that. Not if you believe what the Bible has to say about mankind's rebellion against God, our darkness. We need God's light. But isn't it so wonderful that God has given us his light to a mankind that, that wants to get away from him? All of that tells us about the, the surpassing grace and mercy of God, that he even speaks to his enemies. Right, God shows his love for us in that while we were his enemies, Christ died for us to bring us back to him. All of these things help us to marvel at God's love. But let's move on to the second point now, just to finish. I'm just I don't want to say anything different to what Jesus says. This passage is so clear. Just read with me, verse 23. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. With the and he said, sorry, and with and he said to them, verse 24: Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Well, you just asked the question, what does Jesus want of me? Right now, as I listen to this word, right now, as I'm in contact with God speaking, he wants you to pay careful attention. Listen, give all of your attention to what Jesus has to say. Yeah, not just everything recorded in the gospel accounts is coming from his mouth bodily, But through his spirit and his apostles and the prophets, and basically for us, the whole scriptures, God's word, all scripture is God breathed. God wants you to pay careful attention. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Whoever is wise, let him be wise about this. It is a foolish person who comes before God and God is speaking and they're on their phone more concerned about their social media. It is a foolish person when God himself is speaking to them about their own life and salvation and happiness. They turn away and are more concerned with the cricket and with the rugby. There is nothing more foolish than to ignore God. And doubly so, especially now for every one of you here, when God's word is right here in front of you, God is saying to you, Christ is saying to you, pay attention, dedicate your life to paying attention to every word God says. It's more important than a word that your spouse says. It's more important than anything your boss can say to you. And it is far more important than what you want to say to yourself. Listen to what God has to say. And that clearly applies to everything God has said. The whole counsel of God as revealed in the Holy Bible. We are to pay careful attention. Now, let's understand clearly. What what does Jesus mean when he talks about this, this measure that you use? It will be measured to you. And what does he mean about those who have much will be given more and those who have little, even what little they have, will be taken away? Here's a very simple way to understand this. Think of this not as two static positions of response to God. Oh, you know, person A responds like this and person B responds like this. Think of it as a a line. And here's God at the end of the line. And here's you somewhere along the line. And really the response is, which direction are you going? When you respond and pay attention to God, through all of that, you're drawing nearer to Him, aren't you? Just like, for example, take this so easily. Think about two spouses. If day after day, they never talk to each other and never listen to each other, I give you as much money as you want, I'll bet you, they are going to grow apart. But if they spend every day listening to all the boring details about work, but they listen because they love each other. They pay attention to each other. They care about what the other person is going through. They will be drawn together so solidly, they'll be able to weather through all the storms of life. Because we see it's a continuum, isn't it? So if you pay careful attention to God and you continue doing so, you are going down this line of drawing closer to him. In fact, that's how the, the, the psalmist envisions the idea of the word. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light on my path. It's the way that I come near God. I'm I'm going down this way. And the the more I pay attention to your word, the more I know who you are, God. The more I can come to know you more for myself. But you see, if you start not paying attention, you pay attention to something else. Here's God going west. You're going east. Well, why would you ever expect to get closer to God if you're walking away from him and not paying attention to him? Why would any of the, the spouses think, if I, don't, if I just ignore my spouse and don't pay attention to them for years on end, we'll have a stronger marriage at the end of it. Nobody would ever expect that. And if they did, you would say that is just, that's just not common sense. This is simply what Jesus is saying. How you respond to God shows you the direction you are taking. Well, there's the question for you. Which direction are you going? Are you drawing closer to him? Or are you simply going further away day by day? And you can answer that question by seeing, how do you respond to the Bible? What is your relationship to the word that God has given, the light that leads you to him? How do you respond to it? Is it of supreme importance to you? Absolutely non-negotiable. I must have God's word because I want to have more of him. Or is it something that collects dust because it's, it's just buried beneath a whole bunch of other priorities? It's not even more important than the sports on the on the television. You must answer that question for yourself. And you answer it not to me. You answer it in your own conscience before God Almighty who sees all things. But how are you responding to the Bible? How are you responding to God's word? And how you are responding tells you which direction you are traveling. And here's the sober warning that the Lord Jesus himself gives. I can All I can do is simply repeat it to you. He says, if you are drawing closer to God, You will have more. Already now you enjoy some semblance of fellowship and communion with God, your Savior. You will only have more. And when you get to heaven, you will have the fullness. But if you are drawing further away from him, even what little light you have now, what little patience and mercy he has for you now, even that will be lost and taken away in the end. Do you see that? If you're going further away, even what little he has given you now, He's given you many good things in this life. There's no doubt about it. He allows his rain and the sun to shine on the righteous and the wicked alike. But that is not a permanent fixture. No, the Bible says it is appointed to every man to die once. And then after that comes judgment. And on that judgment day, everybody who has drawn away from him for their lives, they've not paid attention to his word. Even now, what little mercies they have will be taken away. But for those who have been continuously drawing closer to him, going down the direction that his light points us to towards him, they will only get more and more and more. That is the sober and serious warning that Christ gives to every one of us this morning. I hope you can see, just look down. I'm not bringing any of this out from my own thinking. I'm simply relaying to you what Christ himself has said. Though the only question left for you to consider this morning is, Where are you now in response to God's word? What is God's word to you? What is Christ to you? What is the Bible to you? By that, you can know which direction you are going. And Jesus simply says, with the measure you measure, it'll be measured back to you. If you don't pay attention to your marriage, don't expect your marriage to give dividends to you. If you don't mow your lawns, don't expect your lawns to look good. It's just such common sense. If you won't pay attention, then you'll suffer the consequences. If you say, I'm not going to pay attention to my health, you will suffer the consequences. If you won't eat, you'll suffer the consequences. And that just simply telling us, pay attention now while you have the chance. In fact, that's the wonderful goodness of God. You might have been walking away from God your whole life until now. This morning. He holds out his hands to you. He's shining his light on you. Come to him now and he will still receive you. He is just that merciful and wonderful and forgiving. Approach him now. Turn away now from this direction and come back to God. And he gives you the promise. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If anyone comes to me, I will never cast them out. That's the promise given this morning. Respond to Christ respond to Christ. I wish I could grab you by the shoulders and say, come to Christ. Pay attention to the Bible. That is what the word tells us this morning. And I pray God would help every single one of you to do that and to go on doing that with that wonderful promise in your mind. God will only add more to you. He will only give you more of his presence, more of the blessings of knowing him. That is the wonderful promise he has given us. But we need to ask seriously, where are we? in response to God's word. So let's pray together now and ask him to help us. Well, Father, we thank you so much for this time again. And we thank you now, Lord, for the word you have granted us to hear. Lord, when we come before your word, we're so often challenged. We're so often corrected and rebuked. And Lord, that should not surprise us because you are God and we are are sinful people. We are weak people. Of course, there are many things in our understanding that needs to be corrected. So, Lord, we ought not to be surprised if your word challenges us. But what we do need help with from you, Lord, more than anything, we need you to change our hearts, to humble our pride, so that we would turn towards you gladly and willingly and not go on being stubborn, not go on loving the darkness and turning away from the light. Lord, I pray. Help every single soul here this morning, every single listener there on Zoom, help every one of us to turn to you and to go on in this lifelong direction of drawing closer to you through your word. Do this wonderful thing in us, Lord. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.